Hey everybody, this is Robert Yerby, and this is one interesting thing about insurance. I am an insurance professional. I have been in the insurance business since 1998, and 24 years in the insurance business. That is not impressing anybody. No. In fact, uh, I'm the guy you're sitting next to on the airplane, and maybe you make a casual comment about the the turbulence or, I don't know, the onboarding process, and I'll fire back with, well, they actually, in truth, yeah, the liability insurance that these airlines have to carry, you know, in the event of somebody slipping on the jetway or banging their head against the, the baggage areas in the, in the event of some turbulence because they're up walking around when they shouldn't be because the um, seatbelt sign's on and nobody seems to care. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing. And then I would, I would say something polite, like, did you actually want to talk about aviation insurance or were you just like making conversation and you see their eyes get big and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, buddy, I get it. You're not obligated. Go back to your book. I actually don't want to talk about insurance right now. I have way better stuff to talk about. Uh, in the last week, I have had a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement. I'm, I'm going to brag for a second. My grandson, my first grandchild... My grandson, Luca, was born over the weekend on Saturday, and I had, well, I had planned all along to be at the hospital when he was born, and in my head, I, I, I saw it going a certain way. Even though I live in Phoenix, I was going to get out to Orlando and be there. It didn't exactly go the way that I, I envisioned, but I was, in fact, at the hospital when he was born, so... It was an exciting day, uh, a great day. I am still beaming, and I, I'm in my office now. You know, back in back in Phoenix, I spent a lot of time this morning, beginning every phone call with customers about how well my my grandson was born on Saturday. My, my grandson was six pounds, even my grandson this and my grandson that, and you know, <laughs> everybody was very you know, considerate in listening. Let me, let me talk about it for a little bit. I don't know how long this is going to go on, but uh, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. But this is kind of how it went down. I had told my son, Hey, I, I want you to call me when you and your wife are on your way to the airport. Cause, cause I want to be there. And I know I'm a four hour plane right away, but delivery takes time. I feel like I'll get the next flight out and I'll, I'll be there before your kid's born. No problem. So it was Thursday night. He called me. It was about eight o'clock or so in Arizona. And he was at his house and he was, you know, getting a bag together to run back to the, the hospital. His wife was already there and they were um, planning to induce labor. So hearing that, I knew I, I got, I, I do have plenty of time. So I started looking at flight possibilities. I already knew in advance I'm an American Airlines guy. I, I knew that the direct flight from Phoenix to Orlando had had already, you know, left for the day. Um, I want to say there's two of them a day, and by 8 p.m. I'd missed both of them. So I could either wait for the direct flight in the morning at 10.30 a.m., or I could catch some other flight that was heading to the East Coast, you know, a red eye, you know, to Charlotte, to Miami, 
and be down in Orlando in the morning, many hours before this, this 1030 flight, whatever land in Orlando. I think that was scheduled to get in like 430 or, or something like that, right? So I opted to, to take the red eye. Okay, I figured I'm, I'm so amped up from the news. I'll never sleep anyway. I might as well be on a plane. So there's there's a, a 1 a.m. flight going into Reagan National, and then the connection down to Orlando was going to be in a, about 11 a.m. So that's the one I scheduled. Packed up my stuff, headed to the airport. So, okay. That first flight to Reagan National, I don't know exactly how long it was, it actually went by pretty fast. I, I, I was kind of in and out of sleep, but I, I was too excited to really get any good sleep. Who sleeps good on a plane anyway? And we land in D.C. And at this point, be, well, I needed something to eat. You've been to airports. They don't have, a, they don't have just a ton of you know, great breakfast options. Not a lot of healthy breakfast options, right? Well, there's a Dunkin' Donuts right there near the gate where I landed. I thought, eh, all right, you know, I guess I'll, I'll see if they have like an egg sandwich or something. Well, they didn't. They've got, they've got bagels, they've got donuts, they've got muffins, and that's about it. And by, by the way, I don't drink coffee. I'm not opposed to caffeine. I just, I don't like the taste of coffee. So I'm there at the Dunkin' Donuts. I end up getting uh, an orange juice, a muffin. And a donut. By the way, I should also tell you, I don't eat a lot of a lot of sh- sugar. Not not like the levels of sugar that you find in a glazed donut and a banana muffin. But I scarf down this donut and uh, most of this muffin, all of the juice, and between that and basically not sleeping all night, I crashed. Okay. Right around the time I was boarding the the next flight to Orlando, just my blood sugar crashed and, I, and I'm exhausted. Okay. I've got an aisle seat. Plop down on my chair. Once, once everybody had kind of like finished boarding, I fell asleep. Okay. I think, I think maybe even before we pulled away from the gate, I was out. And the next thing I remember, I'm waking up as I feel the the wheels of the plane landing on the runway. And my first thought was, oh man, that was that was really quick. That was a really quick flight. I feel like we were hardly in the air. And then I turned to my left to look out the window and the landscape doesn't look like Florida. Okay, F- Florida has a very distinctive look to it. Right, I was flying into Orlando. The trees, the grass, I mean, just everything. There's no mountains. I mean, it looks like Florida. This didn't look like Florida. And I had like a split second where I was like, "Oh, what, what, what happened? Like, how long was I sleeping? What?" And, and in a nanosecond, all of I'm processing all of this at the same time. All I really know is that's not. This is not where I was heading. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but something happened. And I can't really place where it is that I am. I grew up in in the Midwest in Chicago, and um, you know, I don't I don't know trees. Okay, 
Let's just let's just put that out there. Uh, I, I can tell the difference between a, an evergreen and a deciduous tree, but you know, maples, oaks, uh, and whatever else there might be, I don't I don't know what they are. Uh, I love it when I go golfing and somebody's like, "Well, you know," I mean, I can't even think of a tree where they would be like, "You want to hit it, you know, towards the such and such tree," and that that that's no help to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Even if it's a tree I've heard of, I can't identify what any of the trees look like. People are like, well, the, well, the leaves. Remember, you know, the Toronto maple leaves, they have the leaves like that. Well, I, I can't see the leaves from here. I don't know what the shape of the leaves are on that tree that's 200 yards down there. Well, tell me something to help me. Anyway, so I'm looking at these trees, you know, out at this airport. It looks like some northern landscape, basically. I know it's not Florida, so I'm panicked. And... I turned to the guys in the middle seat. I was like, hey, dude, where are we? And he looks at me like I'm nuts. He's like, Washington, D.C. I was like, what? Like, again, how long have I been sleeping? Like, we went we went all the way around the earth? Is I mean, that's, that's a possibility that went through my head. Did we land in Orlando and people just like crawled over me as I was sleeping? And deplaned, and then new people came out, but that couldn't happen because it's the same guy sitting next to me that was there when we took off in DC. What happened, man? I don't understand. So I, I like my follow-up question to him is, how 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 long were we we flying? What happened? He goes, no, we were only in the air like fifteen minutes. He's like, I, I I don't know what happened, but they just said we had to divert. And so we landed at Washington Dulles. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so we, we pull off and I don't, I don't think we got to the gate and they must have fire trucks or something come right up to the plane and firemen came on the plane. They rushed down the aisle and they're doing something in the back. I don't know how long exactly it took them to do that. A few minutes and they come rushing back up. They talk to the pilot Pilot comes on and is basically like, hey, something's up, smelled something, you know, after takeoff and it's not right. We're going to have to get some people on here. Check this out. We're going back to the gate and we're going to need everybody to get off this plane. So took off from Reagan National, we landed at Dulles. Here we are. The, the gate agent, bless her heart, she doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know what to tell us. She says, well, all right, well, you know, we're we're putting up on the board that we hope to take off here now at noon. And that was going to be more than two hours away. So, you know, everybody just kind of hang tight, kind of stay reasonably close to the gate. You know, something could change. We could take off sooner, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I've, I've been on a thousand flights. You know, I don't know how many of them have been delayed, but I've heard this over and over again. Don't go too far. We could take off at any time. Like, I've never had it take off sooner than they thought. I don't I don't know. If I have any listeners out there that are lucky enough to have had that happen, hey, let me know. I've never had that happen. Where they tell you, we're hoping to take off at this time, and they're like, yeah, but we could take off earlier, maybe. Never happened. So I'm pretty skeptical at this point. And pardon me, but I strayed from the gate. I'm like, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to go use the bathroom and then I'm going to see about, uh, you know, what my options are at this point for maybe 
fine in a different plane. And I found out pretty quick, there's not a lot of options. I suppose I could have looked for a different airline. In hindsight, I wish I did. I figured I'm going to wait it out. Once once I decided I, I didn't have other good options with American Airlines, I'm like, I guess I'm going to wait for them to fix this plane or get us another one. And you know what? We end up sitting there. Uh, I think we finally took off on a different plane about 5.30, quarter to 6 that night. So we waited around there for like nine hours. And I, I dragged my little uh, wheeled carry-on up and down that terminal doing laps. Probably did about 20 laps up and down that terminal just to get a little exercise. I was, of, of course, exhausted, you know, at this point. We, when, when they said, you know, finally, hey, we're really sure this is going to take off at 5.30. I was probably down at that gate at 4.30. But now... I'm a, I'm, I haven't slept in a while. I've done all my laps all day long. I sit down at the, at the gate and I nodded off. I don't know exactly how long I was asleep, but I woke up with the gate agent saying, all right, group eight, you're now welcome to board. And I was like, oh, oh, what? and I kind of looked around and oh my gosh, there's there's really very few people left waiting to board this plane. So, you know, whatever. I, I get on, finally get to Orlando. I, of course, had a rental car reserved. Uh, that, that was for however many hours earlier. Finally get a car, head over to the hospital, and my son and daughter-in-law are obviously well settled into the hospital now. They've been there, you know, 24 hours. But nothing had really happened that day. Not, not, nothing much. They hadn't really progressed too, too far. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess I'll, I'll go crash it at your place. I'll come back in the morning. Well, come back in the morning. Nothing has really progressed too far overnight. Okay, we're, we're still waiting for uh, my daughter-in-law to kind of get closer to ready for, you know, delivery. And... Uh, yeah, it just wasn't happening very quickly. Her parents arrived. Uh, like if I, if I got to the, if I got to the hospital, you know, a little before 11, I think they arrived maybe around one o'clock. They flew down from Chicago. The, the three of us kind of waited around in the lobby, uh, most of the day. Yeah. Most of the day. That was a very long day. Also, I'd wait around. All day Friday at Dulles, I end up waiting, you know, pretty much all day Saturday at the hospital, and you know, it it got to the point um, on Saturday, maybe about eight eight thirty, and man, it was it was a little a little stressful there for a quick minute, but uh, ultimately my grandson was born and uh, he's. He's healthy. He looks terrific. Uh, I couldn't, I, yeah, couldn't, couldn't be happier about it. And he was a little, little bit premature. My recollection is his, his due date, or should, or do I say my daughter-in-law's due date? Either way, 
I, I want to say it was the first week of January, January 5th, January 6th, something like that. And, and so, you know, he's born, you know, a few weeks early. Well, not for nothing. You know, one of the first things I thought of when, when I found out, okay, he's going to be born early, you know, in December was, I mean, that's, that's a great thing when you think about it from an insurance perspective. Okay. They've been going to doctor visits, you know, all these OB visits. I don't know exactly how many they have and what they cost and all these different tests that they run, but there's been a lot of them and they can't be cheap. And all of that you're paying out of pocket initially early in the year goes towards your deductible. And okay. Certainly they have that satisfied by December. If the baby were to be born in January, that is a new plan year. You got to satisfy a new deductible. So if you, pardon me, I mean, I haven't had, you know, a wife deliver a baby in a long, long time. And I don't remember, you know, what it costs. And I could only guess at what it costs today in a modern facility with everything that they do for you now. But it's a lot of money, just a, a garden variety baby delivery. I mean, it's easily five figures, right? Easy, bare minimum, but anything interesting happens. And I mean, it's, it's jumping up from there, I'm sure. So not that you're going to be on the hook for the full, the full freight there. That's why you have the insurance, but you have the baby in January. Now, new plan year, your deductible starts over and you're out of pocket, basically whatever your deductible is, right? And I don't know what my, my son and his family have in terms of insurance and their deductible, but, you know, deductibles these days are, are thousands of dollars. So by having the baby in 2022 in December, okay, you're already satisfied your deductible. You're not getting hit with any big bills from that hospital. Now, are, are all the, the follow-up OB visits and the, the, the pediatrician visits, is that going to be a fair amount of money? Yeah, probably. But you're going to pay that as you incur those expenses, as you're having those visits in 2023. It's not one huge bill that you're getting from the, the hospital in January. So yeah, I mean, pardon me, but that was one of the first things after, after I thought about oh goodness, isn't it great? You know, Luca was born and rah, rah. I, I definitely had those thoughts and continue to have those thoughts. But I also was thinking about the, the whole deductible thing and the, the insurance angle. Uh, this isn't a podcast about taxes, but I, it also occurred to me, okay, great to have the kid in December. You're going to get that child tax credit now for your 2022 taxes that you're going to file in, you know, February, March, April, or whatever. Yeah. So it's good all around. Yeah. Happy birthday, Luca. Good stuff. So bottom line, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on an American Airlines flight from Phoenix to Orlando on a pretty routine basis here over the next several months, if not years. Yeah. But I'm committed to it here in 2023. You know, little little kids change so fast. And uh, I find, mm, I'd find pictures 
and FaceTime and videos, I find that to be uh, a, disfatis- a dissatisfying substitute for the real thing. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm heading out to Florida on a regular basis. Already, I already have my next trip booked, and I have the next two or three after that planned out mentally, and they're going to come in rapid succession. So uh, we'll, we'll see how quickly my daughter-in-law gets tired of me. I hope that was one interesting thing about insurance. If you're if you're if you're having a baby coming up here, I don't know, and it's and it's due in January, maybe maybe just you know see what you can do about you know pushing that forward a little further. Hey, if you like the podcast, uh, tell your buddies, uh, rate us, uh, subscribe. If and if you're an insurance agent, I'll tell you what, check out bmfce.com. Uh, we do insurance classes in a webinar format. Uh, there's no reading. There's no tests. You just listen to me talk about insurance as if it was the most fascinating thing in the world. All right. We'll have another episode coming up soon. Thanks, everybody.